This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another loose Next Lander podcast. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker, how are you? I've not done my stretches yet. Okay, loosen up. I am flat on my arms like chicken here. Okay, all right. That's how you stretch. That's good. That's good for me. I am loose. I am limber. I am fancy free. I am billowy. All right, some billow. Active stretching. No, no static stretching until the workout is over. Is what Jillian Michaels says. And she would no, know. Okay, okay, yeah. that's good. So. Uh, we are uh, technically off this week when this is posting. I have no idea where these guys are. I don't even know where I am. We're recording this one in advance of this I mean, week. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I am, but I know how I am. Face down. Yeah. There you go. I okay. Say, I'm going to give you some insight into where I likely am when all this uh-huh. is going on. Sitting in this exact chair, I- <laughs> uh-huh. staring at this exact screen. Uh huh. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> but mostly just doing organizing data, probably in other God damn it, other little That's projects exactly. that I have. That is exactly what I am going to. <laughs> I also probably going to be sitting right at this computer, tinkering with my NAS. Or I'm going to clean this room, and I'm going to clean my data. That's those are my two big projects. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I've I've got a I've got like a bunch of fun things I'm looking. I got I've ordered a whole new electronics kit for my guitar uh, or one of my guitars that I'm looking forward to uh, installing in there. Toggle switches and potentiometers and stuff in there. Whole bunch of fun little projects that I will probably not. my toaster oven stopped working and I was mm. like oddly excited to be like oh wait is it not working oh awesome okay yeah let me let me take it i'll go take it apart can't do it this weekend well the weekend that we're recording this because i have to do some other stuff so maybe i'll I'll crack it open uh that weekend and take a look this is the difference this is the marked difference between you and me you get a broken toaster oven your immediate Uh response is it's time to cut this thing open and see what's ticking yeah my response is this is a fantastic opportunity to see how far toaster oven technology has advanced and (laughs) and check the retail listings uh oddly enough Oddly enough, the day before my toaster oven, as if we didn't all need the deep state monitoring everything we were doing, uh-huh. oddly enough, I was looking at toaster oven, uh, uh, I think it was a wire cutter article floated across uh, the, the something in the New York Times, and it was about toaster ovens, and I was like, oh, they're all digital now. Mine is still the, like, um, you know, the tick, 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 tick knob mm-hmm. on the thing, bing, uh, and I like a toaster oven more than a toaster. There, I said it. I would never buy a toaster again. I absolutely agree with that. More versatile. It can get uh, takes up more room, but it's kind of worth it if you have the space for it. I I think of I think of it less as a glorified toaster and more as a tiny oven. It's a tiny oven. Tiny oven. Yep. You got roast potatoes in there sometimes. Yeah. I I reheat my pizza in there. Right. uh, Sometimes you. Yeah. You got one thing that needs to go in an oven, and you That's don't want right. to turn that whole damn thing on. Well, That's no, a lot of electricity. Especially in this apartment, where like the, as soon as you turn on the oven, the rest of the apartment becomes the temperature of that oven. Yes. That's right. That. Yeah. Yes. Um, and a lot of uh, East Coast stuff also, you know, a lot of ovens are gas around here, and mm-hmm. that's like a pretty intense thing to toast a... <laughs> toast a bagel it's throw on the old gas oven and yeah let's and preheat that at some bitch to four at 450 <laughs> and uh let's really roast that motherfucker you ever, uh, you ever toast anything over an open like gas stove top yeah like, marshmallow, no. like, just, like throw throw it in some tall like hold some tongs on there and just yeah. like hold your thing over the fire it's, it never works out well for me i won't mm. even barbecue like hamburger buns or hot dog buns on the grill because i always blow it like the tips always get blackened before the inside gets toasted i'm oh let's let's not talk about grilling i'm just gonna get angry get grilling uh well you're not gonna see our our grills this week but you will hear our fun voices uh so what i was thinking for this podcast uh-huh since it's not going to be too timely, the the releases, you know, all the big releases are probably coming out this week. You know, of course, the week that's that how it always goes out here. Yeah, they I just mean, like, we're, what, two weeks from Madden. Yeah, I mean, this is it. <laughs> so uh, for this one, I think we kind of walk through some of the year, as it were, uh, this year, twenty twenty two, and the releases, what we played, what we liked, what we've gone through, and just kind of chat, chat some games on a on a non time sensitive ma- of a non time sensitive manner. Uh, so this will I be our we, most timeless podcast, clearly. That's it. What they call evergreen. Mm. Let's say, well, actually, this thing will probably age poorly mm. because um, you know all these games in the future will uh, uh, be forgotten. No, no, no. Uh, so I was scrolling back down to uh, January 2022. Woo! All the way back to January 2022. Back in 1987. What? What? Uh, what came out and Windjammers 2 was the thing I saw on there that the fuck 
seemed like a game that came out 40 years ago, but really just came out in January. Starting to feel some concern for my memory because everything I'm looking at here feels like it was last fall. It's been kind of a long year in terms of video game releases. I mean, I'm seeing some stuff on here that I've definitely gone back to repeatedly throughout the year, and I feel like, you know, those are the ones that have stuck with me, but there's definitely some stuff that it was like, you know, let's talk about the first one on this list. Nobody Saves the World, a game I yeah, spent a very sweaty 10 days enjoying and then completely forgot about. Actually, it's actually like, I don't know what was going on the week of January 18th, but everything in that week, I would have said, came out last August. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection a week later, like definitely January. <laughs> I have no fucking idea what was going on in that one week, but it's like out, out displaced out of time. It's uh, it's kind of a wild one. One that nobody saves the world. I did like. Yeah, uh, I never, I never wound up finishing it, but I did enjoy my time with it. Uh, probably wouldn't make any of my list right now if no, I were I to either. have to make one. But it's good. Uh, but one that I totally forgot came out was Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction, which are the servers still up for as that? As far game? as I know, how is, that, how is that doing? I wonder. Can you play a game of Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction? Can you tell so. by the tone of my voice? Here's, I'm a little... here's the thing I, I would guess, because I don't remember seeing uh well, this game died quickly news story on Kotaku mm. or anywhere else, and usually I remember those more than I remember the actual games they're talking about. Okay. So I feel like there probably is someone somewhere looking for an extraction match right now. Is it going to be one of those games where you pull up the Steam uh, people are playing right now and it's in the top three games and we're like, well, we're idiots. I guess everybody's playing Extraction. I feel confident saying no. Yeah, I'm going to say no on that one as well. They're still just playing them. Payday 2. I can't find player numbers, but I don't know. It's, it's also not a game that would be on my... I don't think January has anything currently... That would make it to a top ten list if I had to make one today. No, no. Uh, Windjammer Two is cool. Yeah, Windjammer Two is better, cool. better than I expected. I think I'm also just kind of like past that point in my life. I'm glad Jammer's, they made it. Yeah, I'd say the first two on here that are like games that I've gone back to repeatedly and games that might make a list, though I have a sneaking suspicion at least one of them won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, both came out on the same day in February: Sifu and Ali Ali World. Okay, I, that's not the one I was gonna go with for you. But I, what did you I, think I, you were gonna? It was gonna be. I, you know, it makes sense when you said it. But I thought you were gonna drop in a dying light too. Did you think I, I was you, Brad? I had, like, sometimes I had, do. I don't know anybody else who likes dying light too besides me. I okay. I like dying light too. I in my organizing system here on the site have moved it from currently playing to not playing anymore. Oh, yeah, uh, I I still. I intend to go back to it, but I feel like I might just start over at some point. Mm. And maybe I would play it on the PC after I upgrade my PC. I don't know. I, uh, I man, I fuck. I love that first game so much, and this one was not quite doing it, doing it for me in the same way. But there was still something there. Well, it doesn't help that it came out like just before both Horizon and Elden yeah. Ring swallowed the world. Like, that's the real problem: is the three of the longest games of the year all came out within like two weeks of each other. Yeah, three weeks. You know, in the case of these two games that that I did really kind of enjoy, like, Sifu was one that I enjoyed in its initial state, but I never went back to finish until they put that easy mode in because I was Mm. just kind of beating my head against it in a way that I was not super enjoying. And I am glad that I saw it through to its conclusion, though I say after seeing the ending of that game, or at least the one I got, I don't know. I think there's 
there's a really cool combat system in there, and there's just a little too much like genre pastiche around the edges that is not not interesting enough on its own outside of the things it is paying tribute to. You know what I mean? Yes. But yes. but Ollie Ollie World is a really enjoyable one of those games that you know every every few weeks or so I'm like you know what I should chip away at a few more levels of that, and so I have actually continued to go back to that game repeatedly and. You know, it's very challenging. It, it definitely is a real Twitch action kind of skateboarding game, but I think it's a lot of fun, and I it is one of the few that I can say that, like, I have continued to remember months after the fact. I have also marked that one for me not currently playing, but Sifu I still have on my active list because I do want to see the end of that. Kind of like you said, I might knock it down and just go through Sifu to kind of wrap it up. I basically oh. beat the whole thing in, a, like, one afternoon on the easy okay. mode. Yeah, that might be the way I go through that. Sifu, Sifu, I really liked. If I were, hmm, let's say on the big list, Sifu could make it. Ali Ali World probably wouldn't make line, sure. mine. Dying Light Two, Brad, I feel you on this one. Like Dying really? Light, yeah, like Dying Light Two huh. could have. I could toggle that back to active in a world where I have a stretch of time and just feel like I don't really have anything engaging me right now, but. Right now, there's Elden Ring for me, and there's a mm. bunch of other stuff that Dying Light Two is pretty low on that list of oh my gosh, I'm gonna need I don't know what sixty hours into this one. So like maybe I don't know. So, yeah, I'm not sure. But I bet you might be able to mainline like thirty ish or something. So yeah, I, I don't I was, know. I was curious about the branching story stuff they were doing. Yeah, and the and the the co op and all that stuff like yeah. it's in there. Yeah. Also, like Techland supports the hell out of their games, like. I think they already announced the first big expansion for that thing. They patched stuff in like crazy. Like they, they added stuff to dying light, like right up until dying light two came out. Yeah. Like that, that game will be updated for years. Probably. I mean, it was kind of, kind of their biggest going concern at this point. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if we, if we move into, you did uh, say, down, you did say the yeah. word Elden ring out loud. So I feel like I that did. is okay. Now we have to address the, uh, the sure. largest elephant in the room. I'm I mean, it's gonna blow right past horizon. No, we'll, we'll do a horizon right after that. I mean, I'll talk Elden Ring right now. That came out at the end of February. There's some stuff in between, but Elden Ring game that came out was had the world kind of on fire. Big from software uh, uh, release. Kind of everybody was waiting to see what they were gonna do. Turns out, I think I think even at the time, now my memory is kind of terrible, but. What do you, at the time that this thing was really well received, it was reviewed, everywhere, right? man. That was yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Biggest, biggest release of the year by a mile. I want to say some data just came out about sales, like too, that it just it killed it. Yeah, like Elden Ring did. did I think super it's well. their best selling of any of their like yeah, their it's, games. It's, yeah, Elden Ring is a genuine cultural phenomenon at this point. Like very yeah, much like, in that Breath of the Wild way of like everyone has found their way to it in some way or another. So I think I think this one super hyped up. People are very excited. Uh, I was actually, I, I was kind of cool on it, getting into it and played, played probably the least out of everyone here. Just got past, um, the first boss and was it Margaret, 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 Margaret the fell, uh, and then put it down while you guys, I think Brad, you were digging the most in exploring. And then Alex, I think you were somewhere in the middle. I was kind of lagging behind, but yeah, I mean, I still put something close to 15 to 20 hours into that game. I would say, yeah. Yeah, I got about 20 hours into it. I I was fucking blown away by it. Not not right off the bat. The first like week of chipping away at it before it had come out 
I was just like, oh, this is kind of an open world Souls game. You know, you, you know when that game clicks. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you see enough of it and realize the breadth of it and then you're like, holy shit. And yeah, I was I was very impressed by it. My my biggest problem was I had to go out of town for a couple of weeks, like right after that. And it kind of broke my the, the spell and my flow with it. And then other games came out. And contrary to what some extremely smart people believe i did not put it down because i lost some fucking souls <laughs> oh the, no one's ever done that in one of those games before podcast anecdotes are not data okay <laughs> mm-hmm. uh for, for me i mean this is i think you just mentioned this earlier brad but this horizon had come out basically a week before this and i was yes. i was locked into horizon yeah. i knew elden ring i wasn't gonna put horizon down for elden ring at that point uh, and so I, I backed Elden Ring or sorry, right. I backed horizon and, and yeah. went forward with that, but I have now gone back to Elden Ring. I'm about 90 hours in. I love it. It is absolutely going to make any kind of year end list. I would make it is possible. It would make a, it is in contention for a top 10 of all time for me. I really just am loving, or at, at the very least, let's say it is, it is near number one on a from software list for me. So I can see it. Yeah. It's, sure. it's, I think it's just me. I think. The more I have played of it, the more I realize what the promise of a truly interesting open world could be in a video game form. Like, mm-hmm. I did not love Breath of the Wild open world as much as a lot of people did. I thought there were expanses of it that were kind of boring and bland and, and, and running around. Elden Ring, Elden Ring does the thing from software things do, which is even a, even a very early on enemy when you're leveled up can still be a threat to you if you let your guard down. You, you can still get taken out by the the lowest of the low, a little rat from a dungeon, if you fall asleep on that game. Mm-hmm. And in the open world, being able to traverse that world back and forth and come back to areas that now you are just taking people out on horseback and having your sweet revenge is awesome. Yeah. I love just running around, one-shotting, enemies that were such a pain in the butt but i know if they got me off that horse they could take me out so i need i need some help here okay i had the issue with breath of the wild where i could totally see everyone's admiration for that game in what i was playing and there were things about it i really liked but i never got into a good rhythm or flow with it and in the end by the time the year end rolled around i had really just not played enough of it to put it on any kind of list meaningfully and I, I kept telling myself, one day I'll go back to it. One day I'll get there. One day I'll find the stretch of time when I'm finally going to experience this thing that everyone around me is, is adoring. And it just never happened. It hasn't happened mm-hmm. up to this point. And I'm worried that Elden Ring is going to end up in the same boat where I feel like I literally just missed the boat here. Like, and it's not because I don't like it. I, I actually like it better than Breath of the Wild. And I like it better than any of the FromSoft game I played up to this point because it removes the roadblock I always had of... Once I eventually hit a wall that would just drive me up the drive me crazy, mm-hmm. like I there's nowhere to go or really not much of anything else to do because there is kind of a linear progression to what you're doing. Elden Ring removes that. It takes away it gives you opportunities to explore, to find things, to do things that are maybe more to your skill set at that time, or at least are just more interesting to you at that moment. And you can always go back to the thing that was driving you crazy. So that's why I was able to carry myself as far forward as I have in this one compared to every other FromSoft game I've played. But, like like Brad, I also hit a point where some other things came out, other, th- other priorities came around, and I, 
I know in my heart of hearts, if I do go back to it, I'm probably just going to start over because mm-hmm. what I remember is just hazy enough to where I feel like I'm going to be dropped into the middle of something where I'm not really sure what the hell it was going on or what I was doing at the time. And also, I'd like to try a different character than the one I started with. Nobody's okay. first from build in any game is ever the right one. And I feel but like you- that's that's where I ended up. I will say you can just kind of build in whatever direction you want, though, like especially as early as you were, like you could absolutely just pick that character up and turn it into a completely different character in over the course of 10 hours. Right. Yeah, like you're talking probably the difference between two or three points total in any in any given stat. That would be yeah. the difference. I think, yeah, I think the, 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 there's, the, the bigger thing is that like my character just doesn't really have any magic ability at all. And seeing the way people have talked about spells in that game and the way that you can kind of use magic and, you know, buff your magic like. I think I want a character that at least balances magic with melee versus one that's all melee. So I I really think that like Brad's getting at the difference is you'll start a little ahead, but within five or six levels, you'd, you'd probably even out even, even with where you are. So it's it's not that big a deal. Yeah. The differences in starting classes and from games are minuscule Mm -hmm. in in the grand scheme. But by all means, like, you know, I'd say go for it. Go ahead. What I, what I would recommend, what, what got me on the path on the train tracks real fast was I I kind of knew I wanted to try a dexterity build. So I just looked up what are some good weapons for dexterity builds. <laughs> of course, I looked up what's the best weapon for dexterity build. But then I looked what's achievable for me. Set a pin on the map. Went out there. And just along the way, because it's really an interesting open world, found a bunch of other things. But my, my goal, like setting up like a boss destination was to get this weapon right that's my goal that's and that was a lot of fun to just spend hours and hours going after that stuff and gearing up i think i think that's the thing i'm gonna have to do because also when we started this game obviously people were still writing those guides furiously as mm -hmm. time went on and they were you know obviously patches were changing the balance on a lot of things as time went on so they still are. Yeah, they still are. But yeah. at, at this point, I feel like if I set out to do a specific thing, I could easily find the resources that would get me to that thing pretty quickly, which is also part of the reason I'm thinking about starting over, because if I just start out with a more single minded goal of what I want to accomplish, I yeah. feel like that will probably benefit me more. To me, I wander. enjoy that play style. Yeah. In it's going to wander. And I, dude, so, I did a ton of wander. That's mostly what I did in that game. And I did enjoy the wandering a lot. So I, I feel like there's so much in that game that even if you set yourself a you know a destination, you're not necessarily going to a be able to get there right away, right. or or b there's so much other stuff on the way you're going to poke your head into. But uh, I feel pretty geared up at this point. I think the the guides out there are pretty great. There are interactive maps now where it, they're just drop downs yeah. that show you where stuff is if you need it. They're really good. Uh, All right, and I. I yeah, I, I, I like. I think if you're going to go magic, maybe just try and set yourself up for. Also, you kind of need to know. I think with magic or some weapons, what the prerequisite skills are going to be, mm-hmm. and that even that can be an adventure of like, okay, I need 15 faith for this thing. I'm going to start putting points into faith, right? And this is the gear I'm going to get to go along with that build. Um, like I knew that I wanted this this dexterity weapon, so I knew I needed to get my strength up, get my dexterity up. But that's going to be at the cost of endurance or vitality. So it, it, even that's a little game uh, and, and measuring out. It's it's really fun. And yeah. then you're like, okay, what talismans complement this? Let me go get those gear and then let me find this stuff. And it's just it's just uh, it's a great it's a great game. Yeah, I think I think, I think you've suitably convinced me that by the time people hear this podcast, this, at least a few hours each day this week that we are off will be spent 
catching back up in Elden Ring. I feel like that will probably be my game project for that week. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I, th- I think the only thing stopping me is just kind of waiting for the mood to strike. Mm-hmm. I is going to be the thing that gets me back into that. I just ha- happened to end up back into Horizon before Vinny started playing Elden Ring again, or I probably would have chosen that instead. Oh. So Horizon is, so between Elden Ring, looking at this, the games we've talked about, it would be between Horizon and Elden for top of my list for this year. Really? Interesting. It's not a given for, for Elden. I love Horizon Forbidden West. I think, well, okay, we should, I think we need to take a break here in a moment before we really get into the meat of Horizon. But I think that right now, if I were to actually spend some considerable amount of time in Elden Ring, I could see it being on a list. I don't think I'm there with Horizon. All right, let's go. Uh, let's, you're right. Let's take a quick break here and... Maybe this is a preview of the end of the year, but Mm -hmm. we'll get into Horizon and uh, Elden in just a second. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some, uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, Alex Navarro, no real love for Horizon Forbidden West. So I have booted that game up a couple of short times in the time in in, over the course of the summer just to kind of see dip my toes back in and see if there is any real momentum for me there. And the thing I keep coming away from is that while I think it is definitely one of the best looking games I've ever played, despite my issues with some of the art direction, I think <laughs> the actual like fit, technical graphics of that game are pretty unparalleled. I'm just not into it, what it's doing. I'm just not into the open world design. I'm not into the story. I'm not into the characters that much. And I think it's the same problem I had with the original Horizon, which is that it just is not jiving with my sensibilities. I, I am into everything except the combat. Like the combat is starting to wear out its welcome. Like right. The really lengthy process of plinking parts off of stuff. And also I just feel like I'm fighting the same fights over and over. Like every yeah. other side quest is sending me off to the same style of little enclosed Glen. 
Yep. Or or field. Little, little combat with, arena. With rock walls around it, and I'm fighting like three of the same machines. And then I get a pretty bland cutscene. That's it. Yeah. Um like I, I love the world design. I'm way into the story, like especially as I unlocked the home base and realized it was gonna straight up mass effect it. And like that there's loyalty missions and some of those characters are pretty likable. Yeah. Uh, and I'm dying to see where the overarching plot goes. Like there's there's a thing I saw there's I, maybe I could just say it on here. There's a thing I saw in the embargo when they sent the codes over of like, don't discuss these plot points. And I try not to look at that stuff, but I, it caught my eye and I figured they were going this direction anyway, but I really want to see it. I'm just going to say it like, I guess it, <laughs> it's a spoiler for horizon that I haven't even seen yet. Okay. Like the plot thing was like, don't discuss Ted Farrow's tomb. Okay. And I wouldn't the, say that's a, I wouldn't say that's a big spoiler. I, I mean, I, I figured it was like yeah. probably like a minor thing, but still like, I just, I loved that like the history of the past kind of stuff in the first game mm-hmm. so much that like any little morsels of that, that they dole out. I'm really eager to see. Okay. I'm just going to say it I right should... now. If they don't do a Halloween DLC, that is the curse of Ted Farrow's tomb and he comes back <laughs> as a mummy. I'm going to be really disappointed. That, I, that I, game, I, the, the game would do a really good, like red dead undead nightmare. Yes. DLC actually. I, I think that is a very interesting part. I'm excited for you to get to that part of the game. Uh, th- I think that's, there's some, it's not wholly satisfying, but it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, like, a, just in, anything like that, not just that thing, but anything in that vein of, like, stuff that touches on the past and also the stuff with the Far Zenith antagonists. Yeah. Like, like, I should... Fuck, man. I haven't... I mean, some other games came out that I've been playing, but, like, I haven't played that game in, like, a week now. I should really just not do side quests. It sounds so wrong when I say it. There's a like, lot. There are... There's a lot of side quests in that game. It's a lot. I wind up scooping up most of them that were the, uh, quote unquote, more new, unique ones that weren't yeah. just the repeatable ones. Um, and I and it's probably one of the things I like most about Forbidden West is they feel the setups and the characterizations of the side quests feel very well thought out, given time, given given not just like, um, you know. On the other end of the spectrum is the Bethesda way those side quests are done, which just feel wholly generated by uh, uh, some AI. Radiant uh, AI. Yeah. So this these feel very thought out. They, they have characters that are voiced and, and, and uh, um, uh, captured and done well. I agree with you that in the end, those side quests all culminate in like one of four or five ways of doing it. Right. Like you're going to fight a pack of monsters. You're right, or you're going to uh, pull a couple of switches. You're going to climb our steep rock face. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they really, or you're, or you're going to fight humans. It, it really yeah. all culminates into kind of the same distills into the same four yeah. or five things. I, I can live with the cookie gutter design if there's some story payoff there, but that's like kind of hit and miss. Like there's enough hit though there that I like, I, I can't bring myself to pass side quests up because enough of them have something satisfying in them that I'm like, what if this is one of the good ones? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, I, but it, there's just so much. There's a lot of collectathon in it too, which I didn't mind, but there are enough go get, go get all of these things around the world. And it does have a bit of, I, I would call it, you know, it's not Metroid ish, but it, it's more Zelda ish of you want to get these, Upgrade so you can access different parts of the environment. I, I, I literally was going to say, like, should I just go do those three dungeon things they've given me, like pronto, and then loop back around to side stuff? Like, you are have a better time with the game if I do that. Um, 
you know, you're encountering stuff now that's like, I don't have the ability to yeah. access this, right? So yeah. you might as well. It's not going to lock you out of stuff. Out of okay. stuff. I don't yeah, think the world changes too much that would lock you out of some of those side quests. And you're probably, you're going to be fast approaching the point where if you're doing a lot of the side quests, you're going to be overleveled for those um, main objectives. Oh, sure. Uh, which is, no, it's, which is fine if you're trying to breeze through the combat. You know? that's a good that's a good vote for just going and doing some of that story stuff now dude there's so much more <laughs> it just keeps going Fuck, never ends uh, it, it, but it's it's all right i liked it i liked the journey there i think it's one of the where elden ring has a world that feels like it, it constantly wants to devour devour you around every dark corner horizon feels like a living world that has characterization in it and that you're a part of. And I, I like that. There are two separate ways to handle it. I think I am enjoying Elden Ring's kind of stranger in a strange land feel a little more yeah. than I am enjoying Horizons. You have an impact on the world. You can change the world. And Elden mm-hmm. has some of that, but Horizon, I feel like, is... You're Elden as much as Elden Ring says you are maybe going to be the savior, the Elden god of this world. Really, Horizon people are literally worshiping you as everybody falls at your feet everywhere you go in that game, which like she is justifiably uncomfortable with, but still, yeah, yeah, it's it's getting. You said it, Brad. It's got Mass Effect vibes, and I I dig that. I dig what's going on there. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I I, I like that game a lot. I mean, when I say Elden Ring could be on a short list for some of my favorite games, Horizon. I'm not Forbidden West. I'm not sure breaks into that category. So maybe that's some thinking I have to do in Mm -hmm. terms of where i feel but i really like forbidden west a whole lot i'm I'm in it primarily for the story story number one visuals number two like gameplay eh, i I think the open world design is the the gameplay thing i think it does best i think the way Um, it sort of meets out quests and the way that world sort of lives and breathes around you is its greatest triumph but like i'm just not into the things that it's having you do they should have put zelda climbing in this game Dude, really? Just let her. They should have just let her let her climb anywhere with a stamina meter, please. With the stamina meter, I don't want. Stamina. Yeah, or, or you know, gated. How about a you, generous I mean, stamina meter? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I just because they have to put some kind of gate on the ability, but. So they do a nice thing where they give you that uh, what are they called the glide wing or the thing that lets you jump down from the yeah. the, the paraglider, yeah. which they, is they very nice. I mean, they've taken some, some Zelda cues Zelda ideas for sure. Yeah. But anyway, I'll keep chipping away at that game, but yeah. It's, it might it might be a bit. So so I like, think I, my, I think the the upgrade grind is also a little excessive. Yes, I was gonna like, say it gets a little systems heavy in grinding like animal pelts and like like I've got I've got I've never put purple armor on because I've got like at least two if not three sets, but all of it is worse stats wise than my best blue armor because I haven't found enough materials to upgrade any of it. I think that's I think it gets lost in its mechanics a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's a little bit too busy in that respect. Where I think even at Horizon they could have taken an opportunity to pair stuff back, they doubled down and and, yes. and made, it, yeah. made it made it more of a loot game. It kind of feels worse than the first game in that respect. First game felt a little more balanced and yeah. like even-handed with that stuff. But Horizon also does have maybe some of the best quality of life toggles uh Man, i've seen I mean, in, in a game like that I mean, i've talked about it before like that that last patch is literally the reason i came back to it <laughs> like not having like the not having the pickup animation like genuinely makes it play so much faster and more smoothly yeah it's it's very like, considerate like, 
like run around picking up healing items in the middle of battle and it you know you're not going to get hit because you're doing that so Hor- horizon anyway. horizon's definitely going to be on a list for me this year and it's mm-hmm. going to be this i mean we're talking elden and horizon those are probably i mean those are two of the biggest the heavy hitters of the year period yeah uh but there's uh just some other games here that came out uh for some mention there's that infernax game which seemed neat but i didn't really play any of it brad i think you played some of, of, of yeah, infernax, I, I didn't yeah. play it after we streamed it it was it was cool yeah uh, there there, there was Total War Warhammer 3, which I didn't touch, but I've heard very good things about, uh, uh, but I didn't touch it. I mean, it's an extremely a Total War game from what I understand, but yeah. <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. No. Uh, that King of Fighters game, which I didn't touch, uh, King of Fighters 15. Yeah, they had it at Evo. I watched a little bit of the finals of that. It seemed pretty good, but it's still very King of Fighters, which King of Fighters is definitely not the most approachable of fighting games. Do we even mention Crossfire X? No, I mean, we don't. A lot of these we put on this list just yeah. as like, oh, some, this is notable to somebody. Yeah. But I just, it's I think, Remedy in, in some to, form. Uh, they, well, it, it, God, who was it? Smilegate? Smilegate. Smilegate. Yeah. The, yeah, Remedy just helped with the campaign okay. portion, I believe. It's, it's not by any means a Remedy game. It also didn't uh, seem like it really left that much of an impact. No, no. They're just... I, Blowing through, I think the next thing here that maybe I could touch more, but I probably won't, is the Witch Queen stuff from Destiny 2. Yeah, I think that ship probably sailed for me at this point. Like, I think people are already starting to talk about the next expansion. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, how they're that on works, right? Cadence. Yeah, they're on an annual cadence. They, they pre-announced these three. I believe this okay. is the first of three that they announced all at once. So, like, there's already some buzz picking up about what the next one's going to be. So I think it, this this was the moment that I just like realized I'm kind of tapped out on Destiny. Of the tr- like the treadmill, yeah. Like yeah. I played the I played through the the first story mission of this expansion, and that was it. And got to the hub and saw all the NPCs with quests, and I was just like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe I'm good. I I went back into here for a bit and and tried picking up some stuff. I just something about it. I was I was still kind of I think exhausted from my last Destiny two run. Where something about having to replace all of my gear I spent so long cherishing didn't, you know, it's what the game is. It's the loop. It felt tough to me. Yeah. I just want to stick with my gear that I love. And it's like, the whole point is get better gear. What are you doing? Like, oh, I'll put this down for now. So Destiny 2 Witch Queen, I'm not sure if that would crack a list for me this year. Yeah, fair enough. I feel Uh, like the next one on here, I mean, I'm just going to briefly mention this one. Uh, It's not the next one I would put on my list, but Gran Turismo 7 sure did seem to kind of sure. drift in and out of the, the public per- perception. And it's not, again, it's not a bad simulation driving game at all. I feel like it's just it lost some significant momentum when they started fucking with the game, game economy. I forgot this came out this year. Another one I forgot came out this year. Also, I think I feel like Forza um, kind of ate some of its lunch. And uh, when uh, Forza Horizon. Yes. Sorry. Uh, kind of ate some of its lunch in in the car scene. I know they're very different games. I know, yeah. especially the Horizon series, but I don't hear a lot about Gran Turismo. And I know the people who like Gran Turismo really like Gran Turismo, but I, even then, I still it's it's seven is absolutely a quality driving game. It is a quality driving engine. It's just the stuff around the edges that I feel like really kind of kneecapped them at a certain point, especially post release. Yeah, like like I would not be surprised if somebody said to me, "Hey, GT Seven sold ten million copies already." Yeah, like, totally. I would, total, I would totally believe that, but at the same time, I sure don't see a lot of discussion about it. Yeah, it's just not that it's not that much of a standout. Or, 
or, or, you know, it has its audience and those people are happy playing it, you know, and it's not, it's not going to dominate like Twitter or whatever yeah. for even, weeks because it's just not, it's not as much a mainstream thing as a thing that people who like cars a lot are into. Even the people I know who are hardcore, like, you know, like racing wheel gearhead types, some of them are still playing it, but there's not that effusive notion of like, this is, you know, I'm, I'm going to be playing this for years. Like this is. You know, this is that driving game. This is going to be the driving game for me for the foreseeable future. It's more like, yeah, I'm playing it because it looks real nice and it drives well. But, mm. you know, I just like it doesn't feel like there's that level of attachment to it that there has been with past Gran Turismo's. Gran Turismo 7, that was March. Um, yeah. I'm going to roll back just a second here and just say Far Changing Tides, a game. I, I, I oh, yeah, really you finished that, didn't finished. you? Yeah, I did finish that. That could possibly make it onto like a let's say a top 10 list or some kind of end of year list i really liked it it's not super long it's got a nice little wrap up does some of my favorite things which is makes good use of the video game mechanics as storytelling as only video games can so far changing tides uh i would say worth checking out yeah listening to this uh i recommend it Right. Next big thing I see on here is Tunic. Yes, oh, that was, that's Tunic. what I was going to bring like, up. Like, like, I'm, like I have a, a very short list of games that are like a big deal this year. Mm-hmm. And it's like those three in February and then Tunic pretty much. Like Tunic. Tunic is up there with like the important releases of the year to me. I didn't finish Tunic. I really I thought I was going Tunic to. Either. And you I should finish really, Tunic this week. I, like I, sh- yeah, I should... I don't know. Like I, I realized at a certain point that the combat was really putting me off. And like, I love everything else about that game, but the combat is so not great. The last time I booted it up, I turned on the no fail mode and I cannot recommend that method enough. If you are just tired of the combat, it's not that I think it ever gets too hard. It's that I just got kind of a little bit bored with it and having that, taking that penalty away and just focusing on the exploration and discovery, like sparked it again for me. Yeah, I didn't think it was too hard. It's just, yeah. it just, it it needed a little more tuning. It just does not tuning. Yes, mm-hmm. tun- tunic needed tuning. Uh, yeah, there's something something about it is just not satisfying in the way that a Zelda like you should be. But the exploration yeah, I, aspects of it are, and I think the world building stuff is. I I really like tunic. It'll definitely be somewhere. It it'll be somewhere it'll be somewhere it, something about it wore a little bit wore its welcome out a little bit by the end it, it well, just funny a little it's not too that long much. of a game i don't think no it's and it's not the length and uh while i agree with brad on the combat stuff there's there's something not tight enough about the combat or, or something about it it was more <laughs> it was more it started asking too much on the puzzle solving end. that's like mm. you're you are asking too much of people here uh, and not giving enough back in return. So there's something about that where I'm not saying I hated it or even disliked it. I was, I finished it and it wasn't something I wanted to keep talking about by the end. I think I felt a little like, oh man, I had to look that up. That's what are you, what are you even asking of a player to do here? Right. Uh, so I, I think tunic is great. And again, when I say it'll be somewhere, I mean, it'll be, it'd probably be on a list, but I don't know how high it would be on a list for me. Mm. Uh, but I really like it more stuff like tunic, like, reward tunic I, I want more games like that that's uh also more stuff like stranger of paradise final fantasy origin also uh, maybe more stuff like stranger of paradise i getting weird with final fantasy yeah it's not that's not my favorite game this year but i think it might be the most exciting game this year it's a real piece of work i'll say that it was 
I think it was the most fun I had with a video game release this year. Like the sure, just the like the goofy, the dumbass enthusiasm around that game and all the stupidity it contains around the time it came out was just like I don't know this shared delusion that everybody was going through. <laughs> I I like hey man, it's it's a nice sign when somebody somebody's confident enough about their franchise to let you know Team Ninja go bananas with it. So yeah. And I didn't play enough of it, but hearing you talk about it, Brad, where you got into more of the classes and, and the jobs. <laughs> I had to tap out when I realized I was starting to take it seriously. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah no, it, yeah, there was, there's something to, there's something to all those systems for sure. It's, it's, it's pretty complex, but. It's neat. Uh, what, a, what a strange thing. Uh, before we get too much further here, I just want to briefly yes. ask if this is something that we can count for this year, because technically it hit early access at the end of December last year. What are you, what are you looking at? Vampire Survivors. Oh, sure. Yeah, wow. for sure. Is that when that came out? Yeah, the, I guess the early access period began like at the very tail end of December. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that, is, that is a this year game. Because and also, like, you know, you've played so much Vampire Survivors. God, have I ever, man. Like... <laughs> Did not expect this one at all, and it's not even done yet. Like they're they're nearing the end of the early access period, but they they just keep adding things to it. They add more mm. characters, more stages, more abilities, more all that stuff, and it's just such a stump, stupid fucking concept that works so well. Uh, it's I know it's a I clone. Have... I know it's a clone of a mobile <laughs> game. I'm I'm not denying that. I am not saying it is morally justified, but they did a good job with it. It's fun. I have not played enough Vampire Survivors to talk about it, but hearing you guys get way into it is fun. It's Uh, just a great way to spend a half hour every morning and then be like, all right, I don't need to touch this again for the rest of the day. I got my run in. There's that um, that booster pass came out for Mario Kart that I think that's super interesting and priced well. So good on them for I, well, I don't know. Good on them. Good on I, them. I, I guess. think so. I mean, it's 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 a slow roll. It's they're not going to be done with all these releases until the end of next year. But yeah. you know, I mean, forty something courses is a lot of courses. Considering like, they could have just made another Mario Kart game if they really <laughs> wanted to. Uh, but the next one I would talk about is Norco, which is another game I really like. And Alex, I'm pretty sure you liked it too. My dude, this might be my game of the year right now. Oh, wow. Okay. I keep thinking about it, and I keep thinking like something's going to come around and knock it off the top spot. But so far, that has not happened. Hmm. And maybe I, when I actually get deep into Elden Ring, maybe that'll change. But right now, Norco is the game for me this year. It's It's a great game. I still have not just flipped the last page and finished it. And I, I You're need pretty to do close, that. too, yeah. I feel like. But yeah, this is a game that is steeped in the, you know, the style trappings of classic adventure games, but is not nearly as opaque as a lot of those games tend to be in terms of their puzzle design. But it is a fairly densely packed story that takes a lot of things like... I don't know. It's not retrofuturism. It's more like kind of current futurism. Like it takes place mm. in the modern day, but includes a bunch of technology that doesn't exist. It creates this very like I don't know. I feel like very believable and very identifiable sense of space of this place that is kind of near New Orleans. That is where a lot of the oil refineries in Louisiana are, and makes it into something that feels like oh, this is also a place where androids can exist and. Mm. People are uploading their consciousness onto hard drives. 
And also there's like this incredible like religious fervor that kind of, you know, underpins a lot of the storytelling that they make good on in a way that I genuinely did not think they would do. They would not go for it that way. And they sure do at the, by the end of it. It's got a really great sense of self. It's confident. Yeah. And the writing is very good. It knows where it is. It knows what it is. And it knows who these people are in a way that I feel like the only really the best narrative games ever really get to. And it really is one of those for me. All right. Top in the list. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, Brett, still four months in the year. Something could change. Oh, yeah. But right oh, now, yeah. this yeah, is yeah. the one. I love it. Brad, anything coming up here you want to uh, pull out? Not really. There's um, like, we got releases here, but there's nothing. I, I don't know if I would spend like, too much time. No, no, like like I would say Ghostwire Tokyo and Kirby and the Forgotten Land are both games that I hoped to like more than I did. Mm. Yeah. And neither one of them really did it for me. I finished Ghostwire. My partner finished Kirby. Okay. I played both, and I, I think I think Kirby is, is is pretty good. Like it's a pretty good 3D it's not, platformer. It's not bad. I was kind of hoping for more or different. I guess I would say yeah. like it was just kind of it was kind of what I expected. Like it was totally a fine Kirby game, but I was hoping they'd get a little weirder or less conventional with mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah, and Ghostwire, I, I kind of feel that exact same way about Ghostwire. I just need a little bit weirder, a little bit more. I, I don't oh, even I know. I would call that vibe. one pretty good. I liked wandering around in Ghostwire Tokyo. I liked the look and feel of it quite a bit. Yeah. But the the gameplay kind of is what it is. I think I said this when we were talking about that one more on the podcast back in, you know, five months ago or whatever, but it has all the hallmarks of a game that came together late, despite the Mm -hmm. fact that they had been working on that game for several years. You know, uh, Nakamura left, uh, went and started her own studio in the middle of all of that. And it feels like one of those things where it was like they were trying a lot of things, they were trying a lot of ideas, and that at some point they needed to ship the damn thing, and they just plastered over a very generic open-world template to just make it a game. Uh, yeah. It's a bummer. I still like the, the hand stuff is still very cool. Yeah, great hand uh, animation, great city design, not a lot else there. Uh, all right, rolling through, there's the, yeah. Weird West is notable. Weird West. It is. I didn't. I was very impressed by it. It feels very old school PC RPG mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah, I, I um, put it down. I, I'm not playing it anymore, but it was definitely uh, it had a thing going on and was was really interesting. Like, uh, not it was outside of a, a genre. I feel like mm-hmm. so that's always very interesting. Kind of making its own path. Oh boy. So we're in March, end of March now. Once you get to April and kind (laughs) of in through the summer, it gets real sparse here. Yeah. Yeah. It's Um, starting to get pretty. Yeah. Teardown. Teardown? Teardown 1.0, right? Yeah, that was the thing. Yes. Yeah, that came out in April. Uh, That Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga was not as terrible. It's fine. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be terrible. I'd say it did more for me than I expected, is what I mean to say. It was because uh, it's a totally fine Lego game, but uh, Glover, anyone? No, uh, I was going to say the Iron Oath <laughs> is one that came out in early access, and I have played a fair amount of that. It's still, there's still a lot of that game left to go, but what they have is like a pretty good framework. I'm just not sure that one's going to make my list this year because I have a feeling it won't be done this year. Yeah. Teardown is legitimately amazing. Though. Yes. Yes. Conceptually Embracer and in execution. Embracer Group's Teardown. Yes. I mean, I assume that Embracer Group owns at least 40 of the games on this list, so... Well, like, they just, they bought, they just, at the time of this recording, last night, announced that they bought Tuxedo Labs along with, like, a dozen other companies. Truly incredible. Good for Tuxedo Labs. They I can't couldn't have done that big. announcement, like, eight hours earlier. 
Um, yes. Anyway, uh, Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe is cool because I'd never played. Or I actually, I think if I went back and looked at my achievements, and I had in fact played the Stanley Parable, <laughs> but I had I, forgotten it enough that it was like playing it for the first time again. I went I back and I went through all of this, and it's fantastic. And the new stuff is great. The the new stuff is very self aware in a fun way. It's uh this it, could it, this could be on a list for me if I made it. This like, it was it was a lot of fun. Like they didn't just make more Stanley Parable, they made new content that's about the Stanley Parable. Mhm. Which was the right choice. Which which could have been gone over very poorly, but they they kind of land that one. They, yeah. they bring that in. Uh I have not finished Isle of Bug Snacks. I should probably just finish that one up. I don't think it's very long. I was actually interested in the story they were telling, so I should go back and just finish that. Um, but it's more bug snacks and I had, a, I had enough, I had enough, I had enough of bug snacks. I was content with the bug snacks I had. Yeah. I wasn't itching for more. What else do you guys want to call out here? Um, not a ton. Like we should play V rising at some point. I'm still curious about that. Yeah, we should. So when I, I hopefully uh, this weekend, I'm getting my NAS will be functional again. And then I might have to run a server for that thing. Hell yeah. Well, I want to jump in there. We did skip over one. That is one that I, if, if Norco is my number one, then this other mm-hmm. one is my number two, which is citizen sleeper. Oh yeah. Which came out in May. Mm hmm. Uh, this is another narrative adventure game. Uh, I would say it is more, it has a visual novel-like presentation to how the story plays out, but, you know, it is a story that is very much about sense of self, you know, the, the, can the soul live in, you know, within technology on a kind of busted-ass space station and sort of making, making the best you can out of a fucked-up situation, uh, it's got a real great sense of its technology and its characters. Uh, you know, it, the gameplay is pretty slight, but I feel like it benefits what the, the kind of story they want to tell. And I really, I, I was really engaged with it pretty much from beginning to end. Like, I think that even if I haven't gone back to see what the other ending endings are like, the ones I kind of skipped over, but like, there's a few different ways it can go. And I was very happy with the one that I ended up with. Big recommend for me. I, I love uh, Citizen Sleeper as well. It's another one where I probably have all of an hour left and just need to finish it up. Just wrap it up, man. Yeah. But uh, before we get too far past it, I want to call out uh, Warhammer 40k uh, uh, Demon Hunters. We had to call out at least one of those, right? It's that one's good. That one. If you are missing XCOM and you don't have a problem getting into some 40k stuff, this is a game for you. This 40k uh, Demon Hunters is it's a good game. It's uh it's well done and it does it does Warhammer XCOM well. It it is got a good upgrade system. So it's cool that it's cool that they got that right. Also cool that you said demon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hunters. As as forty K games go, I have cast my lot with uh Dark Tide. Okay. Which Not unfortunately Space Marine hit, too? Nah. You can do both. I guess. I I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, person action kind of played for me. Dark Tide mm-hmm. looks cool, but that got delayed, unfortunately. Yes, that's the uh, for those who don't remember. That is the basically Vermintide for forty k. Vermintide, but forty k sounds pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what was I good? Oh, a uh, quick shout out to Ko the Kangaroo for entertaining my <laughs> nephews. <laughs> there good, we go. Okay, that was a godsend uh, at one point. Um, also the fucking quarry. Yes, like that's what they call some, it—the fucking some quarry. Some part of me, some part of me, wants to sit here and say the quarry is my favorite game of the year. 
Let's go for it. Interesting. I didn't even play the whole thing myself. I watched you play it, and we're still slowly <laughs> making our way through it here. Quarry's I, great. There's there's a possibility the Quarry could be my game of the year. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Quarry's fantastic. It's a great I, piece of work. I, it's yeah. Even I, with the I, shitty I, ending I, we ended up with, like I still really enjoyed my time with it. So so hearing that that was not necessarily unique to our ending bums me out and has actually slowed down. I was playing through it a tad bit. The kind of abruptness of the whole thing. I, I've seen people say that about kind of all the endings. Like I know, mm. I know there is more that you get when you get the quote unquote good endings. Yeah. There's more context but, that's given, but I, I, from what I've read, it sounds like, it sounds like there may be no, Oh, the, the gang's all here talking to each other, cutting up. Like you get a real scene mm. as an ending. Like it sounds like that. It sounds like the animal house style ending that we got is kind of common to all of them. Okay. Of just I mean, like, oh, so and so survived and left the camp, kind of stuff. I believe it. Like believe that. It. That took some of the wind out of my sails. But still, hell of still, a journey. Yeah. Still, what a journey. And again, and again, like I just don't have a whole ton of super massive experience, so a lot of, a lot of that was just like new for me structurally. I think and, it and, is, and, and the writing, the, the writing though, is really what makes that thing. I think it's it's. I really like most of their stuff. The the, the dark picture stuff is it's kind of its own thing, but this is some of their best. It's, Until Dawn is also very good, yeah. but uh, The Quarry, uh, this is some of their best. Uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker came out. Yeah, and I'll point out, that's a great game. I'm going to just mention that right here. Not too much else to say about it, other than um, that's fantastic and will probably be on uh, a list I make. Again, now this list is 20 games long, but... Yeah. I should download that. That came out while I was out of town for a long stretch. Yeah, it's on PC Game Pass uh, on Xbox side, and it's on uh, the console side too, if you want. Yeah. Um, Where'd you guys end up with? Uh, I wanted to. Oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. I yeah, I wanted to play it. I, we get into a weird situation here. There's a little like peek behind the curtain mm. of like I would love to go back and play that game. Like a thing that stops me from playing more of video games a lot is: Do I really? Can I really think of anything else entertaining or meaningful to say about that? that somebody hasn't already said on a podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like we talked about the game extensively. Is it just going to be kind of like perfunctory for me to come back around and say like, yeah, that game is good. When um, I could, when I could yeah. be playing other games that haven't been discussed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think what I would say is it's, it's a nice time now because we're in a little bit of a lull before, Unless there's stuff that's coming out, obviously, that you really want to play to catch up on those kinds of you're, things. You're not wrong, but also, or, you know, like if playing another 50 hours of Horizon is another good example. Of yeah. Like, but you have a you have a different perspective, and I think that's really interesting. Too. Well, right. But it's, you know, that is video game time. I could be playing something that none of us has played, and then that's easier to talk about. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, but I, I, there's an argument to be made that the, dis, the dialogue of a game is maybe sometimes more interesting than the uh, monologuing of, of a game that somebody yeah. else has played, right? So, like, I would love to talk to you about Hard Space, even if it is deep into it. I love talking to you about Horizon, because I'm so curious to see what your thoughts are getting towards the end of it. Uh, but Hard Space, you know, you might not like it. You might bounce off of it. I think I, I think did. it's super fun. Yeah, it's it's there's a good story stuff in, in where they wound up in 1.0, but... I, I, I downloaded it as, as we just had that Great. conversation. There <laughs> Fantastic. You go. Yeah, you'll know what that game is not immediately, but pretty soon. You get the tethers. Make yourself get the tethers. They don't give it to you right away. Uh, Neon White. That's what I was going to ask about. 
Neon White. How do I feel about Neon White? That's a heck of a game. Yeah. I think it's a heck of a game. I I, need to go back to it because I think I kind of checked out around the third chunk of that game. And I, it's not because I didn't like it. I just, other things came around and I kind of want to go back and see how unattainable everyone else's scores are now. I did not get into the score chasing stuff. I did. That wasn't necessarily my hook. I just liked the gameplay and going through it. It's, it's, it's a great game. We, we need a we need a rematch on that the on super that stream on, on on the neon white open that's right we need the back this, half of those levels now this, this new this new power supply my pc is perfectly stable let's do this <laughs> uh i think we're gonna jump ahead a little bit here unless you guys want to uh i mean in anything in the next you don't have anything we could mention ninja turtles shredders revenge that's what i was like, gonna I bring thought, up i thought that it's awesome that they made that and they did an amazingly good job with it like it is still a beat-em-up and so that kind of limited how much there's, time I was going to spend with it, but there's a decent chance that makes like the bottom of my list somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I just I, like I do it. love those old beat 'em ups a lot. Uh, what's next? Um, the Looker. Mm-hmm. Special <laughs> shout out to free game The Looker, which is yeah. fucking amazing. <laughs> Did uh, you want to play any more of it? No, I need to okay. go back and play through the whole. I'm going to start it over because <laughs> we, I just want to like I just want to like marinate in it. <laughs> Like for a really for dumb. a free for a free witness parody game, it's like way better than it should be. Yes, like it's yes. genuinely what I saw of it was genuinely funny and clever and weird. Um, really like the Cuphead DLC. Okay, I mean you know it is it's Cuphead. It is yeah, Cuphead. it's not su- it's not super long, um, Cuphead, but more, and it gets pretty tough at the end with a, as Cuphead tends to do. But yeah, it's definitely worth mentioning. Um, I do not foresee multiverses making my list, but I will probably be <laughs> some special mention to that first week where I was just kicking fucking 12 year olds around like they were footballs. <laughs> it's, uh, I feel like that's a game that's going to be here for a while. It was better yeah. than it probably should have been. Yeah. Um, let's see. I really came back around on stray. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that that could be on a list for me. I like the ending of that game. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, as much as I I wanted the much more like explicit happy ending, I was mm-hmm. pleased with where it ended up. Uh, yeah, I like it. I, I like what they're going. Did you finish it up, Brad? I, I'm saved right at the end, like saved okay. on the last chapter. What do you think of the stuff after that first city? I think it's fine. Okay, it is more linear. It's not mm-hmm. my. I, I liked the slums and the running around doing little tasks and discovering stuff stuff more than linear stuff, but um, yeah, the stuff after that is fine. I mean, notwithstanding whatever happens at the end that I haven't seen yet. I, the, the, thing, the thing that jumped out at me about that game that I did not expect, especially as you get deeper into it, is how much just environment art porn there is in that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, those environments look incredible. Yeah, they do. Like, maybe... Maybe Quake 2 just poisoned my brain for life in terms of wanting to see colored lighting all the time. But, like, holy shit, man. Like, it's, it's like, one of the most cohesive-looking games I have seen in a really long time. Like, just they... They bring all the elements of the look of that world together and the lighting and stuff so well that I just, I just enjoyed walking around, like, looking at it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, on, on top of it being pretty satisfying story-wise. Also, like, a lot of the robot designs and stuff. Like, the nightclub. The, the yeah. dance club, the robot dance club toward the end mm-hmm. and like With, the, and the robot pimp guy hanging out outside mm-hmm. of there and stuff like that. And like they use the little screen faces pretty cleverly in some places. Like there's a ton of good, like visual design 
There's a ton of personality and, in that yeah, world. Yes, and, and like computers as people type stuff. Like I feel like the I feel like the the oh you get to play as a cat thing like really overshadowed some other really well done stuff in that game. I I like it. I like it a lot. I can see I, it uh, rounding out my list this year if if nothing nothing comes along to knock it out. Uh, last call, BBS. I'm gonna give some shout out to. I really like that. That's Zachtronics possible mm-hmm. possibly Zachtronics last game by all. Uh, Signs the last game from that team. Unless, unless, uh, but last call BBS, a lot of fun, very Zachtronics, good, good swan song. Let's say, if it yeah. is, winds up being their last, what else we want to pick up here? We're already pretty in much, July, pretty much here. We're pretty yeah. much where we are right now. And I'm going to say, right now, of the two most recent things that I've been playing, Cult of the Lamb and Roller Drome. Uh, mm. I could very easily see Cult of the Lamb making my list. I'm not as sure about Roller Drum. Yeah, I definitely am going to keep playing Cult of the Lamb. That game is is fun and and in a bite sized way. That's just a good loop that you can pick up and play and then put down. Yeah, its management yeah. aspect I think is like really really well rounded. You know, there's a there's a funny cycle with games for me and and Naxlander where if Wednesday night Wednesday we record the podcast. If I pick up that game again Wednesday <laughs> evening, it's usually like a pretty good sign that I want to keep going. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times I'm prepping games on Monday and Tuesday night for the podcast. And, you know, it's like, okay, I got to get this in. I'll be messaging with you guys. What do we, what do we want to check out? What do we want to talk about? And then Wednesday night, if I'm like, I just want to play Call of the Lamb, yeah. which is what I, which is what I did. I wanted I keep to jump going back, back to that game. Yeah. Uh, Roller Drum. Yeah, I might. It's I might fun. Like, I, this is not a diss on Roller Drome. Yeah, I just I, don't know if it has as much like mental staying power for if, me. If if you just want to see the entirety of Roller Drome, I bet you could finish that game in two hours. Probably. Like yeah. the levels are very short, and there's seemingly only sixteen of them. <laughs> uh, if you don't care about, well, if you missed enough challenges, you would have to go back and replay levels, right. which yeah. is kind of a knock against the game. Um, but if you're if you're bang, I, I will I will amend that and say if you bang out enough challenges as you go through that game, you can finish it quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you don't care about chasing higher letter grades and stuff, then that kind of takes us um, up to now. Yeah. At the time of this recording, we are staring down like codes for Saints Row and yeah, Midnight Fight Express and The Last of Us and Madden Twenty Three, obviously. Which, which yeah, which we will have talked about by the time this goes up but anyway and as as stuff keeps getting moved over into 2023 this kind of release calendar got a little shakier and a little lot going on there's splatoon there's god of war ragnarok gotham knights yeah uh frontiers oh is atomic heart finally coming out no that's got a december 31st release date yeah that's not happening yeah like after i would say ragnarok or maybe company of heroes 3 is that a real date on that i'm not even sure i haven't heard much about company of heroes 3 things things are pretty dicey yeah Yeah, there's not much maybe i will have time to finish both horizon and elden ring yeah um tomorrow children excited to check out the tomorrow children again and still not understand it (laughs) finally the time has come uh, that's coming out like in fact that'll be out by the time we yeah this there is one more game oh, no, that no, i don't know no, it won't i'm I, this that is this week it came out the day before this podcast huh out. oh okay maybe you're playing it right now I, I, maybe I, I may spend some of that time on that week off playing some tomorrow children 
There is one other game that I played this year that did not make it on this list for one reason or another, probably because I didn't know about it when we were doing, uh, uh, you know, our Planoramas, but Dwarf Romantic. Oh, The puzzle yeah. game. I played a bunch of that. Okay. In the month or so after it came out, and I have gone back to it a few times since. That is a, just a nice little cool-out game. I, I don't know if it'll make out. my top ten, but it is a lot of fun. Um. I think I think that's buried in another year because of the early access. That's stuff, probably which is, true. Which is why, yeah, it's got its uh, 2021 date for early access. So that's why it's not on, on this. But it was 1.0 this year, and it is it is a lot of fun for what it is. That's that's funny, um, man. Dwarf romantic. Dwarf romantic. I should, I should check that out. What, what a silly. It's name. cool. It's fun. Yeah. It's uh, chill. All right, let's take a break there. We're going to come back. We may look at some emails, maybe look at the the kind of future and beyond of stuff that has been pushed ahead or or what's going on here. And yeah. then uh and then we're going to get out of here and uh as far as everybody listening cons- is concerned, we're going to get out of here and go enjoy some more of our <laughs> our time off. Uh so, take a quick break. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What what are you doing on that vacation there? I I had to access my GitHub account, Uh and I was doing some coding, and then I I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's fast enough. That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know know a damn thing. Says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN expressvpn.com slash nextlander thanks expressvpn all right we are back and let's go into some emails brad shoemaker what is that email address if people want to get in podcast 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 at nextlander.com all right podcast at nextlander.com brad shoemaker hit us with an email Here's an email from Corey in Abbotsford, British Columbia. As someone who is not from the United States, California confuses me. Hmm. Why is San Francisco considered north? Why isn't it central? It's right in the middle of the state. So, okay. I, I, have a, I have an answer for this that I suspect is the case, but you've lived it. here way longer than me. So, well, actually, I don't know how long did you live here. Maybe that's not true anymore. I lived there from the ages of... 
oh god, was I eight or was I nine? It was somewhere in there, whatever 1989 was, end of 1989, until 2008. And then I lived there for another year, uh, somewhere in between, before I moved oh. to New York. Wow, we are almost exactly even, because yeah. I'm coming up on 20 years in a few months. God help me. Uh, anyway, proceed. Okay, so... My thing with this is they are determining based entirely on what is the big northern city, what is the big southern city. Hmm. And, the, I mean, obviously there's also Sacramento, which is northern, more northern Sac uh, San, uh, California, but it is not as big of a city, despite being the capital. And the real kind of center point, I feel like, for where you would make that dividing line is the Central Valley, which is considerably south of San Francisco, like a couple hours south. Yeah, all those terms basically pretend that San Francisco is like the northern border of the state. Yeah. More or less. Like, yes, even the, even the thing they refer to as the Central Valley, it's only central between San Francisco and L.A. I, so what what I, is I, above I, there? I, yeah, the thing I was going to say is I feel like there is a lot of like actually northern. There's, there's a lot of... Um, uh, there's a lot of like redding erasure going on here, right? It deserves it. Like, like <laughs> I've no apo apologies to anybody who is fond of redding. I have not heard a lot of good things about redding. Have you ever met a person uh, who is fond of redding? I, I don't think so. You know, you know what's funny though is that 30 years ago, the only th or 25 years ago, the only thing I knew redding for was being the home place of working designs. Okay. Which, like, looking back and knowing what I know now about redding, maybe makes even more sense. But like, like, I don't know, man, I don't know. We really don't need this is more for like behind the bastards than it is for this podcast. But like extreme Northern California, like you get into the like free state of Jones stuff, mm -hmm. like full on, like quasi separatist type mm. stuff going on up there. Oh, like when you, as you get closer to Oregon. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like the bleed, the border gets gray over there here. Here, I'll break it down for you. Sacramento is about an hour and a half northeast of San Francisco. Above that, there isn't much, like, until you get to Redding, which is several hours north of there. Uh, there's, like, Chico, where there is a very big party college, and that is about it. Uh, anything else is kind of to the east, sort of in the Lake Tahoe, you know, near the Nevada border stuff. And then in the north-north of California, there is Redding, there is Humboldt County, which for a long time, was really only notable because it was where they did all the weed growing before it was legal. Uh, and there is Eureka, which is only notable for the fact that it is called Eureka. Is Modesto up around there? That's Central Valley. Oh, it is? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought Modesto was, was North Bay, Northern California. No, Modesto, like Central Valley is like oh. Modesto, Merced, Fresno, Stockton, that whole okay. area. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I, I need to correct myself. It's the state of Jefferson in Northern California. Right. Uh, the, the free state of Jones was a civil war Confederate thing, which maybe you might understand why I get those two things confused. Yeah. It's a similar idea. Uh, all right. But yes, that uh, is why there is that dividing line in NorCal versus SoCal might as well just be San Francisco versus LA in the end. Where do, where does San Diego fall on that? Uh, I mean, they probably lean toward the L.A. side of that that warfare, but also they tend to just kind of stay out of it. Okay. The free state of San <laughs> okay. Diego. They've got the Padres. They're just kind of living their life. San Diego yeah. and San Jose just kind of like latching on a little bit yes. to the, their closest. San Diego's just got all that Mexican food. They're good. Yep. <laughs> I, I would be, too. <laughs>
Uh, all right, Brad, you got another email? Um, let's see here. Aaron B. Aaron B. Appreciate all. Uh, appreciate you all through all the years. I'm happy you all continue to grow. I am a Final Fantasy 14 degenerate. I play as much as possible. Okay. Can we get a Final Fantasy update from Vinny? Has oh, he got sure. any mounts? How are the dungeons? How's the FC? Uh, the FC is doing great. They're uh, the free, free company. company? Yeah, oh, okay. free free company is fantastic. Everybody in there uh, is super nice, and they are is, all great. Is that? Hang on. Does the term link shell mean anything to you? So it doesn't mean to me, but I think a link shell allows you to talk to other people that are not necessarily on your server, but I don't really do oh, that. So. Okay, so that's not the same. So a free, is a free company just a, like a guild from World of Warcraft? As far as my understanding goes, yes. Okay, uh, that's what yeah. I thought a link shell was, but I guess that's different. So the free company, I think it has to, everybody is on the, same I don't know server. if they have to be, but I think they are on the same server as far as okay. I can tell. Okay. Um. So... It's going great. Uh, I do have a couple of new mounts. I got the unicorn mount for the uh, white mage or the conjurer class. Um, I play. I tried to. Play, it's the game I'm playing with my brothers on oh, the, okay. on Sundays. Because I expected to hear you say that you had not played it in a while. But if it's become the family game, that makes more sense. Yeah. My older brother, God bless his heart, continues to play along. I suspect he hates it. Uh, I'm pretty sure he is like just playing along with us. Not long for this he, world. Well, he's constantly like, he'll be like, everything in this game takes eight times as long as it should. He, what did he say that cracked me up? He said, what are the writers for this get paid by the word? What is happening in this game? And uh, he's like, it's like a 1992 game somehow teleported into 2022. And I said, you're not too far off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Well, I like it. I'm, I'm having fun. I don't know if it'll continue to be. I said to him at some point, I think last week, and I said, you know, Saints Row is coming out soon. Maybe maybe we switch over to that. Uh, but I re- I like it. I still I still log in. I, I do my scratch-offs. And I do my lotto, and I want to keep going with my MSQ and keep going. So, yeah, that's my check-in. MSQ. My main story quest. Aha. Mm-hmm. Got to keep, gotta keep going. Well, great. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Have I read this one before? I don't know. From Matt. I guess I would have to read it before you could answer that question. Probably. Wondering if you remember this from the GameSpot days or if it was some strange fever dream of mine. There was some sort of press event. Not sure if it was just Epic or a broader group of companies. This must have been around 2002. It was held either in LA or Mexico. Definitely somewhere warm. Cliff Plazinski was being interviewed, and he insisted on being interviewed in the pool. So the interviewer was in the pool with him, and clearly a bit uncomfortable with it. The interviewer may have been Jason Ocampo? Hmm. Anyway, Cliff was being an asshole and not really engaging in the interview, and started commenting on the rest of the GameSpot team around the pool. He focused on one guy who must have had the frosted tips hair like Eminem. Because Cliff started rapping Lose Yourself at this poor dude rather than speaking with the interviewer. Mm. The question is, was Frosted Tips dude Brad? Do you remember this? Is this Absolutely a- fucking not. Okay. It okay. wasn't you tips. then. I have never okay. bleached my hair in any fashion no. whatsoever. Thank you. You're a natural I am, blonde. I am quite sure he is describing that Atari trip to Cabo San Lucas. Which Ooh. is fairly infamous not for like any debauchery necessarily so much as just more like the extravagance of like video game press junkets 
This is before my time. It was it was like right when I got there. I think it was like I think it was like six months after I got there. They sent me on this trip to this okay. resort in Mexico. Well, that couldn't have been Jason Ocampo then, because he didn't come until later. Oh, maybe you're right. I don't know. There were two of those. It could he could this could have been the second one potentially. Mm, okay, there were they did that they did that event at least two years in a row. Huh. Um. I'd have to go back and look. I bet all that footage is still on some server somewhere. <laughs> I'd seem to remember. A bunch of people, potentially including Cliff, getting back in that pool late at night mm. and removing the rail, the handrail. Oh, dear. <laughs> somebody, somebody like straight up broke the big handrail. Vandalizing the pool. Down the steps into the pool off. Oh, man. Uh, but otherwise, I'm not aware of any like true. Whatever. It was fine. So it, the, was, it was it was more just again. It, the reason it was infamous was largely because it was like so few games for the amount of time we were down there. Right. I think we were spending like an hour a day looking at games and the rest, but we couldn't like just see the games and leave. Right. You're on a destination trip. Well, not not only that, but the way they had the schedule planned out, like we couldn't have seen everything in one day because they weren't showing everything on the same day. See, now I'm just trying to figure out who the hell is frosted tips guy. I, I, it could have been, it could have been somebody from another outlet Mm. and very possibly was, I don't remember who all went on that trip, but so I, I remember, I remember there being a bit of a stir around the office among the management of like, wait, they went out of town for how long to see what to see how much like, like there was kind of like some displeasure that we had only each come back with like two, three previews I think mm. per person for being gone for three days or something like that. But that's what the event was. See, I'm now I'm just trying to like reverse engineer this and figure out like okay, who over the years had dyed blonde hair in any way, shape, or form? Ryan Davis definitely did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For long stretches, actually, Jeff was bleaching his hair at one point, but I think he stopped probably by that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely neither of them. Mm-hmm. So who else could it have been? Who on Gamespot Live? Dave Tool? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Tool definitely had frosted hair for a bit. That's the only Ryan, person I can think of who I think dyed his hair at all during the time Ryan, Ryan I was McDonald. there. Ryan McDonald never dyed his hair, did he? No, I don't think so. And he had longer hair, too. Like, his hair was never, like, in that Eminem style. Yeah, again, there's no guarantee it was somebody from GameSpot. Yeah, it could have not been. Interesting. But anyway. Huh. Boy, that that was a different time. It sure was. Um, Also, everything was a bargain. I guess I should spell that out. Just, like, we couldn't have covered that stuff if we wanted to any faster. (laughs) Go do those write-ups. That was a weird one. I did not go to that. Like, I, it sounds like that one was less bad than the Palm Springs one for whatever reason. Hmm. Oh, really? Okay, yes, I was at I, the Palm Springs one. Yes, I know. I know you were there, and I, I didn't. I somehow ended up not going to that one. Yeah, that, those. I did not partake in the. I'm just a good boy. I did not partake in some of the bad stuff, but I was oh, more we, frustrated with that trip because they're so stretched out, and was like, oh my gosh, we're here so long. And it's like you said, it's like two interviews a day or two two sessions a day, and we're here for like a four day weekend or a three day weekend. That that was right toward the end of those junkets, kind of stopping. I think, yeah, actually, that that yeah. one was. Um. Anyway, yeah. What yep. else you got? How about Vic from Pennsylvania, who is a former Submariner? Ooh. Ooh. Just finished listening to your Hunt for Red October episode. Thought I would write in and provide some answers and offer to any answer any other questions you might have. Please. Hell yeah. The movies you have chosen mean a lot to me personally. Red October is one of the first adult books I read. Das Boat is the movie that started my fascination with submarines, and my love of Crimson Tide will be evident shortly. 
I spent eight years and change in the Navy as a submarine electrician. <laughs> I was responsible for the operation and maintenance of all the power generation and transmission equipment on the boat. Uh, and was one, and was in one of the roles that worked in the engine room in support of the nuclear reactor. Oh my gosh. Uh, I spent three years on a 688 class submarine similar to the USS Dallas. And then I spent three years on an Ohio class submarine like the USS Alabama. And while I'm no longer in the Navy, I still work in a job supporting the nuclear powered carriers and submarines. So questions you touched on. Uh-huh. Smoking. When I got to my first boat, smoking was allowed in certain areas. Interesting. Uh, one, one place in the engine room, ironically located near the stationary bike for exercise and one up forward. By the time I got out, all tobacco was prohibited, although chewing was casually ignored. Hmm. Before my time, you could smoke anywhere at any time, so the smoking in the movie was not inaccurate. Okay. Okay. I assume they're just cycling that air. Yeah. Chief of the boat... Uh-huh. Is the highest ranked enlisted person on the boat. Oh. Uh, acts, acts as a liaison between the crew and the commanding officer slash executive officer, officer to keep everyone happy. Mm. In spear quotes. Okay. Uh, that is good to know, especially uh-huh. in Crimson Tide. I really wanted to know, like, chief of the boat, like, seems important, but he's clearly not, like, a ranking officer. Like, what's the distinction here? So, like, hearing he's, like, not an officer, but is... That that that's good. Yes. To know. Uh, speed. Submarines aren't fast, but they kind of are. Uh, modern American submarines can go about twenty-five to thirty miles per hour, which isn't that impressive until you consider that the Dallas in the movie is about a football field long, and the Alabama is over five hundred and fifty feet long. Damn, oh my gosh! And and they are designed to go down to eight hundred feet without issue. Uh, overall, Red October is a fairly accurate representation of being on board an American submarine. Things are a bit more cramped than presented in the film, but the things they get obviously wrong are done for the reason that life on board a submarine is mostly incredibly boring. <laughs> I believe okay. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's way more accurate than Crimson Tide, which is just ugh. Oh, wow. Okay. But, but it's a funny damn movie for all the reasons lots of bad movies are hilarious. I don't agree that it's bad. <laughs> the scene where Gandolfini's character makes a dude do push-ups on the bus is only slightly less believable than letting a dog piss on board. <laughs> yeah. Love this movie, and I've seen it way too many times. Great. Oh, See, they it. love it. Maybe it's not accurate, but they love it anyway. My personal favorite submarine movie is Down Periscope, and most of, oh the, my submar- God. Most of the submariners I know consider it the most accurate of all. Okay. I, what does that I, say about our submarine corps, man? I, don't don't tell me. Do not. Okay, Kelsey Grammer. Yes. Okay. And and as comedic as I assume, probably. Oh yeah, total slapstick shit. Just just bullshit. Yeah. Okay. We're not. Huh. That's good to know. Yeah, those are some fun, some fast submarine facts. How about yeah, that? That's yeah, that's great. I love it. Have. I love it. Yes. Thanks um, for writing in. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes, for sure. God, that might be. That might be the one to end on. That's a good one. All right. Should we end it there? You yeah. Wanna, okay. Let's wrap yeah, things up. Call it there? I want to, I want to ask you guys one question before we go here in our 2022 mid to three quarter to whatever we're calling it. Five eighths check in here mm-hmm. out of the games that are announced, but undated uh-huh. or at least been pushed or whatever that are not coming out either with in this calendar year or in the foreseeable future, but has been announced. Can you think of one 
that is the top of your list that you're like, man, I, this is the one I want. This is it. Man, I feel like I would need to see, a, there are so many of those games in there that category that I so feel like, many. I feel like I would need to see a comprehensive list before I could even answer that. I mean, I can give you mine, which maybe is obvious if you've heard me talk in recent weeks, but, uh, I mean, I am very anxious to get my hands on that AEW game. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Huh. That seems okay. like, that seems like it's in the realm of reality. Like we're, we're getting there. Well, it does have a December 31st date, so it's definitely not going to come out this calendar year, but do you have any idea how long it has been since anyone, and I mean anyone, uh-huh. put some budget behind making a 3D wrestling game? Period. That wasn't a WWE. Long, a long time. It's been years. <laughs> like, there are some indie ones out there, but, like, this is the first time, like, a major promotion has gotten their own video game in a long time, and they are specifically speaking to the people who like those N64 wrestlers. And. Why I've been a little tepid on some of the stuff they have shown that I'm still dying to play it. So fair, good answer, good answer. It's on the board. Good answer. All right, I, mm, I might have an answer. I don't know. I mean, this is non-binding. Yeah, this is just we're not going to hold you to this. <laughs> yeah. I, I am. Be, I'm reminding myself of Star Trek Resurgence. Oh yeah, which like. <laughs> But then I went back and looked at the trailer, and now I'm less sure again. That's the that's the, the new Telltale one, right? Oh, is that actually Telltale? I mean, I was going to say, it sure as hell looks a lot like a Telltale So game, I think not... it's ex-Telltale people. Okay. Uh, okay, maybe that's more of wait and see. But I didn't realize it was an adventure game, or I'd forgotten it was an adventure game. So that's actually so, why I'm kind of excited about it. Like, like coming off of 25th anniversary... A Star Trek adventure game sounds pretty good. Yeah. But it'll have to be good. Yeah, I how hope about, it's good. So um, if, I, if you go to the list here, here's how I would do this if you want to just look. On our list, if you go to 2023 and look at the entire that's, year. Okay. That's exactly what I was going to do. Because there's Ark Raiders, which I'm still very curious Ooh, I'm about. Very, I'm yeah. very excited for Ark Raiders. Um, there is... So I know I'm not locking myself into one now, but there's Kerbal Space Program 2. Which uh, I'm kind of curious about. I'm less curious about Starfield because I feel like I can kind of maybe feel what what, that one's going to be. You know what that game is. I'm still very looking forward to Starfield, but it's certain that demo definitely grounded my expectations a little bit. Yeah. So I think for me, I'm going to go with Space Marine 2. Wow, I'm I'm okay. curious. I'm I like Space Marine. I don't know if it holds up, but I am curious what they do for a Space Marine two. It could be a clunker. It could not get, you know, it could just be an also ran. But I am curious about that game. You would like to also run? I would also like to run. Uh, is Alan Wake two? That's a real game, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. okay. it's real. Like, who, God only knows when it's coming out, though. <laughs> but that is a real, that will be a real thing. Like, I would maybe be shocked if that came out next year, mm. the way things have been going. Like, right. That could easily be a 2024 game. Sure. Uh, if I had to pick one game, I think I would say Arc Raiders. Arc Raiders? Okay. I hope, that, I hope that thing is as cool as it looks, because, man, that looks cool. Yeah, and that's that's a forever game at this point, too, um, right? But possibly 2023? Yeah. Also, also goes to some of my other interests of of Embark is doing a ton of interesting stuff with 
open source game development and mm. like using Rust for a lot of stuff, which is for like GPU shaders and stuff, which is fascinating. They're doing a ton of procedural algorithmic stuff for this game. It fucking looks amazing, like visually. It looks super like, cool. Like the the look of the game and the the technical fidelity are just like about the best I've seen. And 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 a like PVE against giant robots seems pretty cool. Like a PVE if it's class based of like people got to do their jobs to take down these <laughs> giant robots and a game that looks like that that could be pretty rad. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, listen, 2023 I don't know if development's going to get back on the rails or not. I feel like it's still going to be a bit of a recovery year for the industry. But I I bet by 2024, knock on wood, barring a, a more stable development cycle, we, we hopefully should be back in there. Well, and also, don't worry. By then, everything will either be owned by Microsoft, Sony, or the Embracer Group. So, What are you talking about? Microsoft and Sony will be owned by the Embracer Group. They will have been embraced. They will be embraced. Boy, that's uh, a lot of dark money. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit uh, about some of this year in in big events, but really the only event I can think of is it's Merger Town. It is just yeah. Acquisition City. Like who is buying yeah. what? It's, it has just been gobbling. And how many are you buying at a time? Yeah. Yep. I mean, you, you can't really, I don't think you can talk about 2022 without some of the biggest mergers, acquisitions, and consolidation there has been can't in do a it. pretty consolidated industry. Shouldn't so. do it. <laughs> do you think uh activision microsoft uh and activision gets through goes through this year or do you think that bleeds into 2023 no no um, earlier than the very tail end of this year okay yeah i wouldn't be surprised at all to see it carry over there's a lot going on with that that whole thing i mean they're still doing investigations yeah and, there's still lawsuits going on so yeah we'll see well we will be back uh next week uh, with the current games we're playing, some updates of what we played during some of our time off, and I'm sure, could almost guarantee it, some industry news has happened. Probably right now. Probably something right now is happening, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is the thing. I can't believe just bought. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. It's wild. I'm glad we were here to cover it. You just fill in those blanks. I see what you're doing. It's. It, yeah. I'm not sure it plays on an audio podcast, but I see what you're doing. No, people are just going to think they went out for a second. And uh-huh. like, wow, I can't believe Vinny nailed it. It's. It's got it. Started All right. trying to trying to do some kind of like podcast libs, but that no, that's very no. different. I am going to now read off the names of our mysterious benefactors right here. <laughs> they are going to be inserted later on because I don't have that data yet. Yeah, so we don't I'm know good. who our mysterious benefactors are for this week are yet. Yes. But we will once you start reading them. <laughs> That's right. And I've got that fresh data right here. Starting with John Richardson, Bornak, Vinny's Giants Booga Boogas, James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, Brian D, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Nick Donegan. Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Octothorpe, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Raz Grizz 2, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R, 
Kevin Villado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slasky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. And of course, we want to thank everybody for supporting us. Uh, and uh, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. Find a tier that is right for you. And we thank everybody. And we are going to continue, like I said, next week, back to normal with their normal schedule, our normal schedule. So thanks, everybody. Hopefully you had a great week. Hopefully we had a great week. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>